Welcome to the Leadership Update Brief. Today's entrepreneurs and business leaders face change and transition as a constant part of daily life. Inspired by stories of today's military veterans and service members, we embark on a journey to explore their transformations and equip ourselves with new ideas and motivation towards mastering the challenge of working with dynamic and changing environments. Here's the host of the Leadership Update Brief and the guide to your journey, Ed Brixey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. I'm Ed Brixey, and this week we discuss Peter Jackson's documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This movie, Peter Jackson did a phenomenal job of going back into the Imperial War Archives at Great Britain and cobbling together what I can only describe as the ultimate testament to the veteran experience in World War I. Watched this with some friends, and the comment afterwards was, everyone should see this film. And I could not agree more, because it lays bare the experience of the average vet, the guy in the trenches, the man up front, and in doing so, changes the outlook for so many. For civilians and people who have never experienced it, it's a doorway into what people go through in those situations. For those of us who have gone through it, hearing voices from 100 years ago explain the feelings that we feel today. Like I said before, it's a gut punch. It's something that you don't expect. Even opening up, you hear the veterans saying, we were professionals. There was a job to be done and we just did it. We took it in stride and didn't complain. These experiences that we go through, every experience shapes us. And being through the crucible of deploying and going to war, well, as another veteran said on the show, I wouldn't be the man I am today without it. We know we're not alone in all of this. It's something that as we enlist in the service, something that gets stripped away from you right away is that feeling that it's me. No, it's you suddenly become the ultimate team player and you know how to work as a unit. You know that your success is dependent on two things, your input and the people around you. And there's no greater motivation towards growing that. The great thing about this documentary is that it takes such a novel approach where you see so many war films, they cover battles and they cover dates and times and places. Peter Jackson doesn't name any of those. It's not about the battles. It's about the men. And it's about the experiences they go through. And suddenly, when you look at it from that element, and when you look at it through them just telling their stories, you reach a whole new level of experience and a whole new level of understanding of the reality of conflict. Because it starts just like after 9-11 here in the States. It started there, that patriotic feeling. Sign up, do your duty, serve your country. And eager young men come in throngs. And we saw this here in the United States now a number of years ago. But many of us still remember that. And many of us still remember some of those recruits coming into our ranks and seeing those 
fresh, eager faces, especially those of us who'd already been through a deployment where it's, you have some work to do. Supply issues have always been, you know, the supply guy's always your best friend and you hear some of them talk of these issues. The initial boots and your boots are the right size. It's your feet that are wrong and the equipment failures and makes me think of getting the ACUs and seeing Velcro pockets and thinking, yeah, this is going to be great to keep silent when we're trying to be quiet on a night op. Things haven't changed. And this was remarkable in the way they describe it. I'd say ACUs and Velcro was absolutely useless. And we had started playing games and ripping people's patches off. And if we could sneak them, sneak around doing that, because yeah, what else are you going to do? And hear them talking. Yes, the razors were useless except for cutting meat. And our toothbrushes were great for shining buttons, but little else. These kind of things, they carry forward. They explain it. The focus on PT and training. Hearing them describe their kit and in World War I, an infantryman's kit was 109 to 110 pounds for a road march. That's about the same weight as ours nowadays. It's maybe ours is a little bit heavier, but not by much. It's still backbreaking. It's comparable. You don't think of things like that. You think, oh, they're just, you know, you got a rifle and a rock and it should be white for you. And no, they still had just as much supplies, ammunition, food, everything else they have to carry. And that's just the initial part. It goes deeper. It's different battlefields, but it's a similar mentality. It was one of the veterans on the show remarking as they were getting on the boats. In my mind, I wondered if I would go back, but I didn't worry about it. It's a weird moment when you leave everything behind. Remember on Fort Hood, whenever we deploy out of there, and that's where all three of mine were out of, there was a very, very wonderful woman. Give every one of us a hug every time. That's what she did. And that was something special because you never knew. You knew you were going into danger, but you knew you had a job to do and you knew it was yours to do. And when you arrive, you just get down to business. But at the same time, you live there. It's your home. It's what you do. And there's signs that way. Veterans in in there describing the trenches as lived in. <laughs> they obviously were. And they were austere conditions to say the least. Certainly not anything that we endured. But you saw the signs of hope and you saw the signs of humor and you saw the signs of life that marks humanity, that marks brothers in something together. Signs pointing home with ridiculous distances and the for them it was cooking fires. For us it was smoke pits where we were grab some cigarettes and smoke and joke. and But you get those ways of gathering together. And there's a cycle of life. They talked about life in the trenches and here we go. Here's our duty time where we're on the parapet standing guard. Here's the work party where we're doing things. And here's the time we get off and where we can rest. And I tell you, that cycle has not changed much. You stay organized, you do what you got to do, and you give it that touch of home and give it that touch of good humor. And those inside jokes... Nobody will ever get them but us, but they were there and we can still laugh about them. But at the same time, it's nerve wracking and that humor has to exist for a reason. I can't imagine being under constant artillery bombardment. I know what it's like for incoming. I know the sound of the gravel bouncing off the top of your tent while you're trying to sleep at night. It's any given moment and you learn to live in the moments. When you look at what you're doing and what you're going through, it's, it's tough, but you get through it. You get used to it. You learn. It's watching some of these videos and, you know, the early cinematography of the trenches and guys moving and their shells exploding and they're not even flinching. 
because they know they're far enough away. They've been seasoned enough to judge the distance and know, okay, that's over there. We're fine. And know that there was one night I was sleeping and my NCO comes over and starts banging. He's like, you okay? I look at him and he woke me up. I'm like, yeah, fine. What the hell? He's like, we just had incoming. I'm like, oh, okay. And I rolled over and went back to sleep. It's far enough away. Didn't get me. Wasn't worried. And that... You, we can call it desensitization. We can call it survival. We can call it whatever you want to call it. You're not at that point yet where things get bad and you just understand that this is the way it is and you've learned to accept it. It's isolating because as a soldier, you concentrate on your tasks. You very quickly realize that the broader effort isn't so important as what's going on immediately around you. So you learn right away most important thing is the people to your left and to your right, because those are the ones that you depend on. Those are the ones that depend on you. It becomes a certain amount of kindness, a certain amount of deep affection there that you never feel in anything else. It's this idea that we're in it together. And despite all the hardship, despite the bad times, it's you learn that small unit is everything. It transitions even when you come off and you have downtime, have some relief. You get off the front, you go to someplace a little bit, quote, safer and find some rest. Then it becomes finding ways to fill the time. It's making your own amusement. It's being able to laugh at anything. I want to talk about morbid sense of humor. It's, it happens. So it makes it great. So it builds that even further. And even hearing these guys coming off the lines and going to the rear, they're not on a work party and they're not moving stuff around and helping with efforts. It's playing games and sports and making small talk, making the jokes, talking ironically about what you're going to do when you get home. It's finding the small things. And for soldiers, I think something, one skill you immediately learn is bartering and trading. And I know I've brought back more than enough mementos from other services when we had the rare times together where we could sit and chat and exchange things back and forth with pins and other idea and other emblems just to show that, yeah, we saw each other and we met each other. And to hear the British soldiers talking about their trades with the French and where British cigarettes for French wine. And I think that's a little bit skewed, but these things exist and they've existed through centuries and it's what makes that experience common. And then even when you're off the line, it's the training, the training, and the training. You see these guys, and they've spent days on the front, and they come back to the rear, and then they go into a training cycle because there's another major operation. It's the same. It's the same experience. Different technologies, different tools, different tactics, but the repeat going through, making sure that you know what your part is, you know what your buddy's part is, and that you're all competent so that when we move forward, we're ready. It's, you know, something big is going on because the training picks back up and intensifies and starts giving you new things and new roles. But I think for me, some of the most telling parts for this was hearing their experiences before those major options, before those major operations. The worst part is before and hearing them describe it is put words for me to describe some of the feelings that I've had in these same times where for them, they're sitting in a trench waiting to go. For us, we're sitting in the back of a Bradley waiting for the ramp to drop. And there's this level of anxiety where you're always wondering about the outcomes. And this, that quiet time is where your mind is racing about them. 
you're going through all the different contingencies within your training, everything that you've prepared for, and you just don't know what's going to happen next. It was described as the longest and shorter out, shortest hours in life. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's where the fellow next to you is that your best friend and you're thinking more deeply than ever before, but it's not fear. If the worst comes to pass, it comes to pass. And hearing them say it and thinking felt the same way. And even then, when it actually starts, hearing one of them as they were crossing no man's land, one of the veterans admitted to thinking, what are they shooting at me for? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I, yes, there's, there's no, <laughs> that thought crosses your mind. But in reality, there's no time to think. And one of them in this show, it was expressed, don't look, you see, you don't hear, you listen. And that entire veneer of civilization has just dropped away. Everything you've ever been brought up knowing is out the window. And you're acting on instinct and you're acting on your training. When you get through it, there's no prouder feeling. They're very point blank and saying, I'd been in a battle and I was proud of it. And for all that's due and everything else that's going on, it's over so quickly. What might have been weeks, months preparing is done in 10 minutes. It was remarked about the doctors there, but I think that supplies to every soldier that's ever been in any position is what you lack in numbers, you make up for an effort and to do the things that we do, no matter what our roles were, that's all it is, is pure, unadulterated effort and moving forward in so many crazy new ways. Mentality is funny. Some of the final shots in the documentary before it starts closing out is hearing the veterans talk about the British veterans talking about the Germans, how they had admired and respected them. And some of them were saying they had as much sympathy for them as ourselves. It's a begrudging respect, but you have to have it. Think of the insurgencies in Iraq, and I think of how clever they were. It makes it hard. And when it's all over, you come home, or you get the word that you're moving on, that's sometimes the hardest part. There were some of them speaking about 11-11, and at 11 o'clock, the war's over. And hearing their stories, one of them even remarked, we got the word that on November 11th, the war's over at 11 o'clock, and we, have, we stand down. And so somebody found a calendar, and we found out that it really was November 11th today. <laughs> and so these kind of things, they... That's how far removed you get from civilized society. It does, you're just counting days. You're not counting dates. But when that happens, and when everything's over and done, to hear them describe the feeling as eerie makes so much sense. Something that had become such a big part of you, the service life, suddenly fades. Your job is done. Where you're feeling relief and you're glad, but you're so drained of all regular emotion that you don't even know how to express it. And for something that had given you a glimpse into both the absolute greatest and the absolute worst aspects of humanity, and it ends, and you sit there thinking, what's next? You wonder about the future. You wonder, what will become of me and what will I do? And all of that hits, because you're not thinking about that. You might have joked about it with some of your friends and told crazy stories about what you're going to do when you get back home, but when the reality hits that, we made it through and here's what's and now what is a hard thing to fathom. The documentary ends on their return home. And this is where things become the hardest because 
this is that reintegration. When you've seen the best and the worst and you've experienced that, when you felt so close to the people around you and then you find yourself not in the same situations, what happens next? And that is such a hard thing to wrap your mind around and even to experience because suddenly you're back with people who have no idea. And to hear their stories of going back home to people who just didn't understand where the attempts at well-meaning just don't resonate. That was a quote from them a hundred years ago. And I cannot tell you about the number of veterans that I know who are uncomfortable with hearing, thank you for your service, because we don't know how to respond. They described it as being a race apart from the civilians. I can tell you that's still true. We think of our experiences and we think of your experiences and there's nothing bad, there's nothing wrong, but they're just different. And the mentalities that we've cultivated and the experiences that we've had and the deeds that we've done to get to where we are, well, what do you do with them? So it moves into a level of how do we move forward? And that's the ultimate challenge. And that's where we find ourselves. Even today, we wonder what's to become of us. We've served, now what? I know so many employers that want to hire veterans now, but so many veterans who want jobs in the corporate community, and you see this massive disconnect because neither side speaks the same language as the other one. And trying to get them both to act to meet on the middle ground is a challenge to say the least. We haven't hit the issues where they hit after World War I where they were saying no ex-servicemen need, need apply, but we've hit issues where former service members, we don't fit which is the same as you saw back then. This is the crux of our time. And for such a small population that's had such a great impact, it can be very difficult. For us veterans, the reason I'm talking about this today is there is hope. The worst thing we can do, and I've been down these roads too, is you get caught in your own head and in that downward spiral, which is so easy to get out of control. And when you're caught in your head, for any of you who might be listening, you're not in this alone. This is something what we've been through, what this documentary shows is people went through the same thing a hundred years ago. If you go back and you read Homer's Odyssey and you realize it's the allegory of a soldier returning home from war and all of the experiences and all the demons he has to face doing so, even to the point of getting home and there's Jody. My friends, we've been doing this for millennia. So do as we've always have. You pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you look out to the guy to your left and right, and you carry on. Thank you all to, for listening. This has been, for me, an incredibly emotional episode. Be sure, if you've not seen it yet, please watch They Shall Not Grow Old. It is such a moving and amazing piece of film. You cannot miss it. For our listeners, thank you all. I appreciate you guys listening. As always, you can find me on social media, both Twitter and Facebook at BlueCordMGMT or on LinkedIn. Be sure to look up BlueCord Management. And as always, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, your favorite service. As always, we're available on C-Suite Radio at c-suitenetwork.com. Thanks again. I look forward to continuing our journey together. Have a fantastic day.
You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.